Hey, real quick before we get started, uh, I want to tell you about a free resource I have available based on some of the stuff that we talk about in this episode. Uh, it is five tools to help you build websites faster. And you could find it over on the show notes for this page, howibuilt.it slash 166. So you're probably going to head over there anyway, because there's going to be lots of great resources. Uh, but definitely, if you want that free PDF, uh, five tools to help you build faster websites, it is over at howibuilt.it slash 166. Okay, let's get on with the show. As more businesses start to do commerce nearly exclusively online, it's important to know how your customers are finding you and how they're making decisions. Enter Ronald Giselle. He's the community manager and partnerships manager at Yith, a former sponsor of this show. He's going to teach us today about the customer's journey and free tools to help us figure out exactly what our customer's journey is. His tips will help us understand our customers to, sure, sell more, but more importantly, create a better experience for them. I learned a lot here and I started to implement his advice shortly after we recorded this interview. Uh, and I'm excited to start seeing results. I know that you will too if you follow his advice. So uh, we'll get to that in a minute. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Ahrefs. Ahrefs is an all-in-one SEO tool set that solves that problem. It gives you the tools you need to rank your website in Google and get tons of search traffic. As someone who struggles with what kind of content to create or what's ranking best in Google or really anything SEO related, Ahrefs has been instrumental in increasing traffic to my website. Over the holidays, I had my best quarter for affiliate income because Ahrefs showed me my most popular pages and topics, and I was able to optimize my content and my gift guides and update them accordingly. I would have never updated one of my gift guides because I didn't think it was that popular. Ahrefs actually showed me it is my most popular page. Ahrefs makes competitive analysis easy as well. Their tools show you how your competitors are getting traffic from Google and why. You can see the pages and content that send them the most search traffic, find out exactly the keywords they're ranking for, and which backlinks are helping them rank. From there, you can replicate or improve on their strategies. Now, uh, as I said, I don't think I'm getting significant search traffic, so I use Ahrefs tools to help find topics worth creating pages or content for. I can easily see estimated search volumes and gauge traffic potential with their Keyword Explorer tool. It's been a fantastic addition to my toolkit. Just this morning, I learned that my everyday carry post has been popular. Lots of people are coming. So I think it's time to update that because it's five years old. If you want to gain a following or just improve traffic to your website, Ahrefs is the tool for you. You can get a seven-day trial for $7 over at Ahrefs.com. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com for a seven-day trial for $7. And if you're anything like me, you'll be hooked. Again, that's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com for a seven-day trial for $7. And now, back to the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, 
How did you build that today? My guest is Ronald Giselle. He is the community and partnership manager over at Yith. And I'm very excited to talk to Ronald today because we're going to be talking about something I feel I need to be a little bit better at, which is uh, the customer's journey as they go through your shop and re-engaging uh, the right times to re-engage with that customer and things like that. So, uh, Ronald, how are you today? Hi, I'm very good. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Now, full disclosure for those listening, uh, Yith was uh, a, a, is a sponsor of the show, and uh, so, but that does not—that's not the reason I'm having Ronald on today. We are—I'm uh, excited to kind of learn more about this conversation about this topic, I should say. Yeah, no, that—that's really my idea to help uh, business owners, but also freelancers, to make more sense of an e-commerce journey and sort of pick out a couple of really good little tips that they can apply to their own business or help customers. Fantastic. Yeah. So why don't we get into it with uh, a little bit of background information about you uh, so we can talk about kind of who you are and and what you do. Sure. So um, I'm fairly new to the Yith family and it's very much a family. The um, the, the founder is uh, is Italian. He's um, the, the company started in Catania in uh, Sicily. Um, half the Company is now based in Tenerife, and the remaining fifty percent is still in uh, in Catania. So I am based in the UK. Um, I joined them about four months ago. Uh, before I joined them, I uh, ran my let's call it micro uh, web agency because it's micro in the sense that it was me and my wife and a few freelancers that we had to call upon. Um, we looked after many WooCommerce stores in particular. Part of that was also getting traffic to these stores. So I qualified as a, a well, self-qualified with advanced Google Analytics, applied that for many, many years, um, webmaster or search console as it later changed to. And I also was a Google partner uh, for Google AdWords or Google Ads now. So all those different skills together combined, I think I can paint quite a good picture for many of the listeners. Yeah, that's fantastic. So you said, did you say four months? Yes, um, officially since January. However, oh, okay. I, I did some um, some work for them in, in the past, especially gotcha. attending WordCamps where we met. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I could have sworn you were working in the booth before that. Um, yeah, that at a WordCamp yeah. we met. I was like, oh no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so that's fantastic. Well, first of all, shout out to uh, Sicily, I am part Sicilian. I am 100% of Italian descent. Um, wow. And uh, I know that's a rarity these days. Uh, and I'm very uh, proud to be able to say that. So, um, but you're based in the UK. Uh, you ran a small agency. You were also a Google partner. And so Yith focuses on um, on WooCommerce extensions, right? So they are uh, yep. the number one independent WooCommerce extension very much so yeah so they um let me go back a little bit back to the history of how it started so yeah. uh nando papillardo he's the who's the ceo he uh worked for an it company um in 2008 he came up with the idea to use some of the the trends in web development that were being seen in the us in the uk where they were a little bit further ahead and writing blocks about lots of blocks uh technical a very dedicated plan he he executed so in in soon after that he released his first themes which were designed by um 
by his wife, uh, who is a is a an amazing uh, UX designer. Um, the, the the themes went down really well. They were being sold on on Theme Forest, and in years, they literally sold millions of them. They were for a long time the number one uh, theme uh, seller on there. With those themes, and you probably remember that they 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 came loaded with lots of plugins and functionality so that if you had an all-in-one solution that was ready to go you know if you have a restaurant here you are here's a restaurant with everything yeah. loaded but over time these functionalities separated from the theme so these plugins um first one was the hx uh, search uh, search and filter they became standalone products as they are so that's where the journey of of uh, woocommerce plugins started for for yith the yith stands for your inspiration themes um, but it's a lot less team themes and a lot more plugins. We have uh, over a hundred now on our in our catalog. Wow! Yeah. Most well, a lot of our users make use of the the club membership, so you have access to all the all the plugins, and you can load them on six or thirty uh, websites. But the, the 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 red line in all of this is it's all about creating this this customer journey from start to finish. So plugins include. Um, the search, the being um, be displaying products uh, in a in a nice way on your website to different checkout methods, payment methods, uh, also a lot of admin tools, like PDF, uh, invoice generation, and so on. So anything in between those <laughs> those sort of plugins. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so you mentioned the customer journey again. So I I'd love to. Uh, get into this. I am an online educator, and uh, I always talk about the learner's journey when you're putting together a course, right? You want to make sure that they have a problem, you're solving it through whatever actions they need to take to solve it, and that they have a very clear path. It sounds like the customer's journey um, is a little, a little bit similar to that, but maybe we can talk about what exactly you mean by that first. Yeah. I think a customer journey, uh, you can have different different views on that. And I think uh, a developer looks at it in a very different way to uh, a UX designer, to a, a web designer. I'm taking more of this, the, the stand as a sort of a data analyst and, and look at key points. Now, I appreciate that what I'm about to sort of share and tell. You need to know a little bit about Google Analytics if not, I think this is the the key point to come back to the podcast and say, hang on, what was he talking about? Otherwise, I can also share some screenshots and links because it's well worthwhile to go back into your Google Analytics dashboard and, and find these key bits of data. So let me just sort of get started and, and build this, this picture. Um, yeah. Data, I mean, it's it's. I think if you ask any shop owner, they will probably tell you how much turnover they've they've made in the last couple of well, days, week, month, year, um, how many customers they have based on their on their customer list. And I think much more than that, you probably don't remember or apart from maybe your, your cost uh, and so on. So the the key data that I think are absolutely crucial um, are first of all the average order value. Now once you've connected your Google Analytics um, to your web shop, you have to have this um, e-commerce enabled. Um, it's a, it's an extra bit of data that you can get from your analytics dashboard, including the uh, 
the average order value, but also total revenue, e-commerce conversion rate, and so on. So if you haven't done that, if you go into under conversions and you look under e-commerce and it's completely blank, I'd say Google and find out how you can enable that. Anyway, once you've got it enabled, you'll see the uh, average order value. Now that's a really key metric because with that, you can multiply it, you can do your own maths sums. The next, the next uh, bit of information that you need to find out is the, the order frequency. So um, in, in order to do that, you look under audience and behavior. Uh, under behavior, you then have to um, separate or segment it of those that have made a purchase. And the longer time span you can go back on that, the better, because that means you have more data. Now, all of this is, is possible with just a free to use Google Analytics, no premium, nothing, it doesn't cost you anything. Now, what you find is that most purchases are made on day zero. People come in, they make a purchase, and that's it. But if you then um, see the view of frequency and recency, you will see that a lot of people will come back very soon after making that first purchase. Um, and I've, I've, I've seen it on, on several shops that um, you have the, a bit of a peak on the next day. And then again, either in one week, two weeks, three weeks or four weeks, there's another um, increase in repeat purchase. Now, those parts of the, 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 um, the frequency whereby a customer comes back for a second purchase, I think is worth absolute gold because that's in a way based on your historical data, looking into the future and seeing when you can target and get them ready for a next purchase. Gotcha. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you right there for a minute because uh, there's a couple of really good pieces of information there. Um, first, that you're finding out all this information with the free version of Google Analytics, right? So um, I'm going to, I'll find a video to link to for you to enable e-commerce data. and. Mm. Uh, the, the, you know, you're right. I, you know, if I go into my WooCommerce shop, I can look at like sales and revenue and, um, churn for memberships and stuff like that. But the things that you're talking about are things that I, I haven't really paid attention, attention to, which is order frequency. When do they come back after they make that initial purchase? Um, and, and like you said, those are important because you can start to prime them to make the next purchase. Exactly. It's, it's the glass crystal ball looking into the future. And you know exactly when a certain percentage of your customers comes back. Yeah, which is which is great. Yeah. And I'm sure like there's probably a lot of marketing um, around that. You know, there are some brands that email me every day with the same sale. But there are some that will email me like two weeks after my make, I make my first purchase. Hey, how did you like that purchase? You might also like this maybe in two weeks' time, I'm ready to make another purchase because I love the first one so much. Exactly. And, and those, those emails, especially by the big companies, they're no coincidence. And they have big data sets and machine learning that will help them predict these sort of things. But most people can't afford several thousand dollars per month in these, these suites of uh, marketing machines. So, you know, these, these couple of little tips, I think, are worth gold for the small and medium-sized businesses. Now, the, the, the next one is um, attribution views. Um, it's it's a quite a new little thing within Google Analytics, and you'll find it in your 
top, uh, sorry, bottom left corner, and it says with a label attribution. When you click it in the first time, it will ask you to activate it, and then it takes you 72 hours to activate it. Now, when you once it's activated, and then you start experimenting with it, you'll see a whole new level of data. And again, it's there, it's, it's free to use, you just have to activate it. So one of the things uh, you can then see are converse, conversion paths. Uh, it will tell you how, you know, what was the first point of contact with your shop? What was the second? Was it through email marketing? Was it through uh, direct affiliate and so on? And, and another one is the conversion path length. So how many touch points a customer needs on average before they convert in buying a product. Most, I mean, most, most of most people will think it's the well, it's the one time. It's that one Google ad they hit and purchase something because that's what Google says that that's ha has happened. You've had so many clicks, you've had so many purchases. But actually, um, at least 30, 40 percent need more than one touch points before they make that purchase because think about it yourself if you buy a pair of shoes well you go to one shop you google it again you go to another shop you compare prices you might leave it and then somebody's hitting you back with a abandoned card email so it's all happening in your own um you know behavior when when you go to different uh, when you go online shopping so understanding your own customers and how they behave with your shop it's another way of looking into the future and and targeting that. I mean, I've looked at a shop where somebody actually, I think it's 1%, but they needed about 50 touch points before they made that purchase. So, you know, wow. they will they will come back eventually. You just have to be there and keep reminding them because once they've made their first purchase, you know, they are their customer potentially for life. Yeah. And, and that's a really good point, right? I mean, again, looking at my own experience, yeah, I assume, uh, I, not so much anymore, but I used to assume, you know, I, t I would just tweet, oh, my new course is available, check it out. And I expected people to click on that tweet and then buy the course. But that's not the case, right? They need to, they need to understand um, the problem I'm solving. They need to be ready to purchase. Maybe they're not ready to purchase. Um, again, looking at one of my favorite brands, uh, Untuck It. Uh, they make fantastic button-down shirts for uh, men of a certain build. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I saw their ad during a baseball game, uh, and then I saw their store and then I checked out their site and I think it was by the fourth time I was, I was ready to buy a couple of shirts from them. So, um, I think that those little pieces of information you're giving us about customer behavior is so, so important because it's yeah. not just if you build it, they will come. It's, you have to prime them and, and convince them and then make them a customer yep. and then remind them about how much they like your stuff. Exactly. It's, it's you're building this, this, what do you call it, mousetrap or a net around your customer with lots of different touch points. But when you, when you create that, do you think you just throw money down the pit, especially you know, Google Ads is one of those things that you can just spend money, money, money on and never see any result. But when you then uh, compare it with a, a first-click interaction and a last-click interaction, you'll see a huge difference because they maybe have come through your um, to your shop with a, with a you know the first time didn't make a purchase, and then after a few more interactions they came back to you directly. Now it's the the direct customer, and with that I mean those who 
remember your website, they type it in and then make that purchase. You then think that um, the money or the, 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 the purchase, the conversion is just down to that last uh, click, the, the direct traffic. But actually it was the Google ad that made that first sale. In uh, Google Attribution View, um, it's really amazing. You should really check it out because you can see all the different paths and how many conversions have come through it. I mean, I'm, I'm literally looking at one now of a customer and, and I'll just quickly run through it. So this is the journey from start to finish and I'll, I'll run through it really quickly. So we have referral, organic search, referral, two direct visits, another organic, direct referral, direct organic, direct email, and three more direct. And then they made the purchase. So we have organic, we have referral, could be an affiliate, you have email marketing, and then they made a purchase. So each of those touch points do take a little bit of a share of, of your investment in acquiring the customer. Now, we talked a little bit about the sort of the different scenarios of acquiring a customer and everybody, every shop will have a value put against an acquisition, whether it's a marketing budget or Google ad budget, or even going to uh, speak at a conference, you know, there is money allocated in promoting your business and bringing people in. So here's a scenario. Um, you have a, a one-time customer. The value is um, $100 uh, and the investment, investment to um, acquire this customer is 20%, so $20. Now, if you build on a repeat business uh, and your average frequency, which you found out in um, one of the first part, bits of data that I sort of shared with you, how you can find that out, and the, the frequency of purchase is on average two and a half. So that average order value of $100 now has actually on a lifetime become uh, $250. But the investment to acquire that customer is still at um, $20, but on per order that now has gone down to 8%. Mm. So here's the third scenario. You now realize that the, um, the acquisition in real terms only costs you 8%. Now, if you, if you are prepared to increase your, your investment a little bit more to, let's say, back to 20%, um, and become a little bit more aggressive in acquiring the, the customer, you can position yourself much higher in uh, above your competition because you are focusing on getting that customer the first time and then focus on uh, repeat business. The classic example is Amazon. I mean, mm -hmm. Amazon gives things pretty much away for nothing. Um, a lot of the, you know, you can't compete with it, but yeah. they know they will have you for life. The, the 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 repeat businesses, I don't know, probably in the thousands. I try to think how many purchases I've made in the past. I mean, that's I, a really, <laughs> really obvious example of Yeah, I uh, every so often I like to download my... You can download everything that you've ever purchased off Amazon in a CSV. So I like to check in and see how much I've spent with them over the years. And it's uh, staggering. Um, yeah. But so everything you're talking about right now goes back to I think an important um, an important it's not a theory it's a, it's a, a, an important axiom of uh, e-commerce right which is the easiest person to sell to is your current customer uh, exactly yeah. I've heard time and time again on this show um, 
too many business, too many businesses focus too much on acquiring new customers when they should really focus on um, taking care of and marketing to their current customers because those people have already bought into what you're selling. Absolutely. But I'm, I'm saying also, and, and I completely agree, that because you have this much higher value customer that you've managed to retain, you can therefore spend a little bit more in acquiring the customer in the first place because you know you'll get a much higher value out of it in the long term. Yeah, right. That makes sense, right? Um, it gives you confidence, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're saying it might cost $20 to acquire that customer off the first purchase. Um, but over time, as they buy more stuff from you, that cost per acquisition goes down. And so that initial number doesn't look so bad over time. So it's, it's, a, it's really a balancing act, right? Right. So really, all you need to know is the average order value, or your frequency, and your, your customer shopping behavior. And if, you, if you're confident with that, and that's based on your historical data that you can find out through Google Analytics or for free, um, you, can, you can be a lot more confident in uh, acquiring your customer and looking after them. So next, next part I want to talk to you about is the, the actual customer journey and how it starts. I know it's very theoretical, um, but by keeping it open, you can, you can sort of imagine that in your own scenario, whether you run a shop or whether you sell services online or do some sort of, uh, or you create a, you know, make downloads available through an e-commerce, an, an e-course, for example. Mm-hmm. So the, um, the acquisition, people come eventually onto your site, whether that's the first time, third time, fourth time, they eventually add a product or service to a, a basket in order to, to check out. Now that's your first well, a, a really good moment to, to uh, increase the average order value already because we, we said on average is $100. But if you can increase it by 20%, that acquisition still costs you only $20 the first time on average. But if you increase that by 20%, the actual acquisition already reduces. So ways of doing that, the most obvious ones is, of course, upselling. Um, if you like this product, you like that product. But what I've found um, through all the, the years of working with e-commerce is that's never utilized enough because WooCommerce, especially you will have your product underneath it, recommended products. Very few clients I've worked with fill that in correctly. And that's it. And from then on, you will not be reminded of any other product, whether it's in the shop, whether you can find it or not find it. So looking at that whole journey of all the different moments before they've made that purchase um, to, to up, upgrade the, the, the order, when you're on a basket, whether it's a pop-up because you've put this order, uh, this item in your basket, maybe you want to upgrade. Why not buy another one and it'll give you 20% off? Or most people who like this also bought that. Oh, really? I didn't even see that in the in the shopping catalog. Great, I'll have that. Um, whether that works or not, even then there are more opportunities because once you've checked out, you paid for it, you come onto a thank you page. Again, it's a great sort of moment where you think, where you can suggest something else, um, whether you buy dog food uh, and you, you then sell dog you know, bowls or uh, placemats, for example. Um, the likelihood, and this, this happens over time where you can apply the science or your, your analytics on that, you can figure out 
what the sort of the, the, the additional product can be when people purchase product A, they might like product B. Gotcha. Um, so, so yeah, so right here we've got um, a few touch points, right? Once you, once you get the customer in the door uh, and they are ready to buy something, they put something in the cart, um, upsells and cross-sells are something, as you said, they are quote-unquote built into WooCommerce, but um, not necessarily uh, used appropriately. Um, but what I really, what I really liked is after payment on the thank you page, there is another opportunity, right? And again, if we look at Amazon as a classic example, as soon as you pay, it's thank you for your order. Then below that, it's, hey, here's other stuff that people bought after they bought the thing you just got, right? Yeah. yeah. And and these things you can, you don't need plugins for that either. You can, you can do it yourself because you have product shortcodes. And once you figured out where your thank you page is and you, you utilize that by adding uh, a code uh, in the in the PHP file, for example, and it could be a feedback form. It could be a you know additional product. I mean, I, I looked after a shoe shop, and they've added a an additional shoe um, polish um, mm. after people paid out. Yeah. The uptake was about twenty five percent, and before wow. they did that, they hardly sold any. The order hasn't left the uh, warehouse yet, so adding another payment and adding the, the shoe polish with an additional discount is, a, is an easy one to make. Today's episode is brought to you by Smile and their product, Text Expander. Save time typing and boost your productivity with Text Expander. You know I'm all about automation, and Text Expander is a great way to get started with automation. It allows you to create your own snippets for repetitive text you tend to use everywhere. Add the text, create a snippet, and boom, save precious time and keystrokes. One of my favorite snippets is for my address. So instead of typing out my full address and risking typos, I simply type dollar sign A-D-D-R and Text Expander does the rest, filling in my full address for me. I also have snippets for my street, my city, and my zip code. But that's not all Text Expander does. With its advanced snippets, you can create fill-ins, pop-up fields, and more. You can even use JavaScript or AppleScript. Another one of my favorite and most used snippets is when I type PPT. That will take whatever text I have on my clipboard and convert it to plain text. So I'm no longer fighting formatting when I copy from a Word document, a Google Doc, or a plain HTML page, like a website. I also use it for common links, email messages, which I can completely customize with fill-ins and drop-down menus, and even date calculations. I'm currently writing a book, and Text Expander has been instrumental with that. Text Expander is available on macOS, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad, so pretty much anywhere you do computing. If you've been curious about trying Text Expander or automation in general, now's the time. As a listener, you can get 20% off your first year. Just visit TextExpander.com/podcast and let them know how I built it sent you. That's textexpander.com slash podcast for 20% off your first year. And now back to the show. Yeah, that's a great point. So even so, even if we're talking about, say, uh, digital products here, right? I, I sell courses. You could imagine that, um, you know, somebody buys uh, a high dollar course from me. 
maybe the upsell uh, or the post thank you page um, sell is an hour of my time to get you set up in the course or after you take the course, congratulations, you've finished. How would you like some one-on-one time with me to answer questions the course didn't answer? Anything like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, another one is if you, if the course is available for, let's say, six months or one year, add another year onto it, or maybe a family member, depending on what mm. type, of, type of course it is. Because yeah, you, yeah. you've already sold it, you might as well um, upgrade it with an additional service. You know, the, the credit yeah. card has is out. <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah. Uh, the next uh, the next one that um, I'm going to suggest is is surprisingly easy. Um, thank you emails. Uh, thank you for your purchase. Um, your order has been dispatched. The opening rate for emails is quite often h- higher than a hundred percent, which means people open it more than once. What did they order? When is it going to arrive? Let me check it again. You know, all these sort of questions, people yeah. really anxious, when, when is it going to arrive? You know, I've, I've paid for this beautiful item for this service. That's a moment, that's a key moment in that email, in the footer or somewhere. It's like, maybe you forgot something. You know, you bought product A. How about product B? In, um, when you look at the frequency, and I've seen this in, in several shops, you'll see that um, the, the frequency after the first purchase uh, on day one and day two is significantly higher than day four, five, and six because the the shop, the experience is fresh in their mind. Maybe they saw something. They weren't quite ready to purchase it. So to hit the client with an email, a reminder to say, hey, how about this item? We know you've looked at it or, you know, um, and give, give an additional discount to just help to make the purchase. Yeah, right. And and that goes along with uh, another psychological phenomenon, right? That uh, somebody makes a purchase, a second purchase doesn't seem so bad, right? Especially if the second purchase is less than that first purchase. Um, Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, a really good example. Uh, when we bought our house in May, I spent like $1,000 on new office equipment and stuff like that. And I thought, well, I just shelled out so much money on the house. I might as well invest a little extra to make my office exactly what I want it to be, right? Absolutely. It's it's classic. And I think it's a lot easier to get for people to spend two times $5 than uh, one time $8. Yeah, right. And that's a good point too, right? Because of, uh, you know, you're reducing sticker shock a little bit. So you're... Um, Taking advantage, I mean, I'm going to say taking advantage here, but even though that has a negative connotation, you're able to add more value to your customer's journey, as you're saying, um, because you are offering them more value based on the stuff that they've purchased. You are offering them a discount that they may not have otherwise had. And you're reducing the sticker shock, which maybe helps them see the value a little bit more. Absolutely, yes. And and this is not about um, quick selling and to make mm-hmm. as much money as possible. This is about a relationship. If you imagine entering a shop, you you know you you look around, you browse the aisles, you then come to the checkout. You know, lots of different things that remind you, like oh, actually, whether it's a chocolate bar or uh, a gift card for somebody else. And even as you leave the shop with your trolley fully loaded with um, with with shopping um, groceries. 
there is the, the well in, in the UK it's the national lottery by the mm. <laughs> um, you know the counter right by the end of the uh, or by the exit, and how many people's queue up with their fully loaded trolleys and just buy that one more thing, whether it's a magazine, newspaper, or a lottery ticket. So shops do it, and and seeing that uh, and and trying to do that in your own online environment certainly makes a lot more sense. Yeah, absolutely. And and like you said, this is not about quick selling. This isn't like a a get rich quick thing because, as you said earlier, it's going to take time and money for the acquisition, right? So you're spending time and money to make them a customer. Um, and once they're in, you want to make sure that uh, they are getting the most out of that relationship, right? So it's not just saying like, here's everything I have to offer. It's saying you bought X. I think Y would be a nice companion. Uh, I think it'll add more value and it'll give you more of what you're looking for. It'll help you solve the problems that you need to solve. Yeah, and, and these are all experiments because you don't know if if what um, you know your second purchase would be whether that's the right fit. Um, you might need to do some A and B testing. Um, you could look at historical data. Uh, one of the uh, WordPress plugins, um, all-in-one export. No, is that all-in-one export? Um, where you can export data and, and really detailed data, and you 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 uh, pick out the customer um, orders and products. And when you have a lot of that data, you can you can separate that and say, well, what's the first product they bought? How soon did they come back? And what was the second product? If you have loads of customers, you can see patterns. Um, and based on that, you can then apply that into your upsell and cross-sell. Yeah, For most I, shop owners, it's probably an obvious one, but you know, if it's not. No, I think, I think that's a really good point, right? Is uh, you should kind of experiment a little bit and, and see what works, what doesn't work. But um you know, as we kind of approach the end of this episode, I think you've taken us on a really, this is a very structured way to do things, right? Set up Google Analytics the right way. Um, uh, you know, I'll have kind of detailed notes for this episode because there's a lot of kind of step-by-steps, but um, look at the uh, average order value, look at the behavior, the attribution views, and the cost per acquisition, um, and then experiment uh in various places for upsells, cross-sells, communicating better with the customer. Yeah, exactly. And and as you as you gain experience, you become a lot more confident in in building up this relationship with the customer because with the order frequency, you can also see that a lot of repeat businesses made after two weeks or maybe it's one month. So then using some sort of email marketing tool, whether it's um, you know free to use sort of MailChimp or a more advanced Klaviyo or um, active campaign, and then applying that science into your into the customer journey. And then do exactly the same. Hit them again with the day after with some sort of thank you email two weeks later after that, and so on. So your repeat frequency uh, buying cycle of your customer increases increases, uh, making the cost to acquire them a lot less. Yeah, that's, um, just to touch on that, again, there are, uh, you know, I haven't used MailChimp in a, in a long time, but the, the email marketing tools I do use, like uh, ConvertKit or Jilt, 
do allow for things like that, right? So in ConvertKit, when somebody makes a purchase in WooCommerce, they get tagged with that purchase. And then I could set up a sequence to email them that day. Thank you for your purchase. The next day, hey, have you logged into the course yet? I think you should really check it out. And then if I know that they're likely to buy an hour of consulting or a follow-up course in two or three weeks time, I can tell ConvertKit, email them in three weeks and say, hey, hope you're enjoying the course. If you have any questions, let me know. By the way, if you want some one-on-one time with me, you can buy it. I think uh, absolutely. And then you don't mind to spend a little bit more on a premium tool. Uh, Jilt is a great example of that. Absolutely. Awesome. So uh, as we wrap up here, you've given us, I mean, you've given us a lot of tips, but uh, let's say that somebody is, uh, they've recently set up their WooCommerce shop uh, what are two or three things that they can do today to start jumping into improving the customer journey? Absolutely. First thing is connected with uh, Google Analytics. Um, again, Search Console is crucial because it will help to understand what you know where you're positioned organically, what are the keywords, what are the sort of things that people are looking for. Same is to analyze your, your search functionality inside uh, your WooCommerce shop. Make sure that each search query gets recorded in analytics. You know, again, there are lots of tutorials on that. And then it's applying the tools to improve your WooCommerce uh, shop. You know, one by one, bit by bit, look at first finding the right product, upselling it, abandoned cart, um, throughout the checkout, thank you page, an email reminder or whether it's a confirmation of an order and dispatch and automate and improve on the whole full journey. But Amazon is the, the best example. You know, we, we can all create it if we have the time and money. But that's one thing I found out that people overlook that. Look at the most obvious examples around you. Yeah, that's, I mean, I until you mentioned it earlier in this episode, it really didn't occur to me because, you know, I think, oh, I'm selling a digital course. So it's not really the same as selling physical products, but it is, right? You have somebody who likes what you're doing, who is giving you money to support that thing. Um, and it, you're not going to be able to live forever on the hundred bucks that they spent five years ago or, or whatever, right? So, yeah. Um, and I think with uh, digital and, and e learning, partnering with uh, other people, you know, cross selling your service with somebody else who does a, a, a complimentary service and vice versa are, are great ways of, of adding value to each other's product. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's fantastic. We'll have to, <laughs> I think, to... I think we can, we can talk about it for many more hours. But uh... Yeah, I think we'll have to have another episode talking about <laughs> maybe e-learning specifically. But um, this, is, this has been great, Ronald. Um, if you, uh, I do need to ask you my favorite question, of course, which is, do you have any trade secrets for us? You've given us so much, but uh, you know, is there some observation that you've made uh, that will be very helpful to the listeners? Now you have to cut out this pause because that's, <laughs> I wasn't the, quite ready for that. Oh, the pause is the best part. Uh, I want to make a compilation of, of everybody. Every <laughs> single one of my guests pretty much says, trade secret, and then they pause. I, I think just like I'm going to have a whole episode of that. Yeah, right. I'm going to go back to the attribution. So clap your hands. <laughs> All right. So uh, I do need to ask my favorite question, which is, do you have any trade secrets for us? I think I've mentioned it already three times, and it's it's enabling 
Google Attribution View. Uh, to me, when I started experimenting with that and looking at um, first click and last click and data-driven click, a whole new world opened to me on customer behavior. And it's there for free. Fantastic. Well, I know that as soon as we are done recording here, I am going to do that. I'm going to spend a little bit of extra time looking through my Google Analytics and um, improving my shop. Uh, so I appreciate that. Enable Google Attribution View. Um, I said this earlier, but I'll have a link uh, in the show notes, which you can find over at howibuilt.it for how to do that. Uh, Ronald, thank you so much for joining us today. Where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, uh, just to Ronald. Two is the uh, number two. Um, also on LinkedIn. I think the, you'll have a link. Um, um, and your themes, check it out. Um, send me a message on there as well. Always happy right. to have a conversation and support. Awesome. I will link to all of that in the show notes. Ronald, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Thanks so much to Ronald for joining us this week. The way that he uses Google Analytics was really impressive to me. And uh, I hope that uh, you were able to follow him as he talked through some of these instructions. There will be a link to some of these videos uh, over in the show notes at howibuilt.it slash 166. Uh, thanks to Hrefs for sponsoring this episode. I'm so excited to have them on board uh, because they have helped me really up my content game. If you're following me on other channels, then you know that uh, I've been just pumping out a ton of content lately. And Hrefs has been uh, really helpful in determining what kind of content I should put out there. Uh, so definitely be sure to check them out and thank them for supporting the show. Now, I do have a special offer for you. Uh, if some of the stuff that Ronald was talking about was great, but you're wondering maybe where to start at the level before this, getting your website up and running quickly, I have a free PDF for you. Uh, five tools for building faster websites. You can find it right on the show notes page over at howibuilt.it slash 166. It is completely free. So be sure to check it out. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, get out there and build something. <laughs>